This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Um, I will say this before I start. I have been fighting a terrible cold since Monday. And I've been sweating out of fever today. And uh, I've been kind of losing the battle, but I'm winning because I'm here. And we're going to press through this. And uh, this should be interesting, though, just to say it should be a little bit interesting. And a big shout out to Robitussin Cough Medicine and Hall's, <laughs> Hall's Cough Drops. Amen. I'm going to try to make sense of this word tonight. <laughs> uh, man, uh, I'm going to try to make sense of what the Lord has, has given me tonight. Um, and hopefully bless somebody here. Uh, but we're going to pray. I'm, I'm going to pray because Lord knows I need to pray to get through this tonight. And, and uh, we're, we're just going to let God have his way. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Don't get quiet on me either. Because uh, I may fall asleep with all the, with all the medication. So, uh, so uh, just help me to preach tonight. Is that, is that good? Amen. Amen. Father, we love you tonight and we thank you. I bless your holy name and I'm so grateful for your presence that is in this place, O oh Lord. I pray that you would help me to make sense of this, God, that uh, you would even bypass me if possible, Lord, and just bless somebody and speak to somebody's heart and somebody's mind and just have your way here tonight, Lord. I invite you to take full control of this service. I invite you to take full control of this message, and I give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm gonna, we're going to go to the book of John, the, the gospel of, of John, chapter 1. And I want to talk about John a little bit tonight uh, because he's an, he's an interesting person in the Bible, and, and there's a lot that God used him to do, and, and it's, just, it's just a wonderful, uh, if you read his gospel, and you read his epistles, and even the book of Revelations, you see some really interesting things, and, and even if you look in the four gospels, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you have the first three, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they're known, they're actually known as the synoptic gospels, or, or really the, they're seen together is really just what that big synoptic word means, they're seen together, but John is actually seen a little bit different, because he has a, a very different perspective about Jesus than the other three had about him, and so it's, it's real interesting, and even just beginning with the very first chapter of the first book that he wrote in his gospel, how he kind of sees things and sets things up. And the, the comparison between the other gospels that start with genealogies and all these things, he starts at a, a real different. So we're actually going to read a few verses here. And uh, we're going to do that because it's Bible study and we love the Bible and the authority of the word. And, and I know this Sunday we're going to be talking about the authority of scripture, but uh, we believe in, in, in the word and the power of the word. And so we're just going to read a few scriptures and, uh, and then we're going to see what the Lord has. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And don't worry, this is going somewhere. It all kind of sounds circular, but it's going somewhere. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this is not the same John who's writing this. He's now talking about John the Baptist. In fact, John in his own gospel never referred to himself as John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. 
And I'm going to pause here. Yet the world did not know him. This word know in the Greek is, is gnosko. It's really to mean it's, it's intimate knowledge. They did not intimately know him. There were a lot of people that saw him. There were a lot of people that hung around him. There were a lot of people that saw his miracles and his ministry and all the things he did. There were people there when he was baptized. There were people there when, when he healed the sick. There were people there even when he was on the cross, but they did not know him. We're going to keep going. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And thank God for that. Amen. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will, or of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him, and he cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs> Just kidding. That's all I got for you. That was, and it's good enough. So I want to talk about this concept because in this first section of this chapter there's a lot of repetition there's a lot of words that are repeated and 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 when you're kind of studying theology and and hermeneutics which is just the science of the translation of scripture they kind of they tell you to look for patterns and words to get themes and context and all this stuff and, and one of the things that john mentions a lot in this first section is the word light in fact it appears seven times in like four scriptures or four different yeah scriptures and I don't know if that means anything. I know seven's the number of completion and perfection. I don't know if that's anointed or what, but it's in there seven times in this first section. And so he's talking about this light. And, and, and it's funny because if you continue to read through the, the gospel of John, and if you, if you read into John's epistles, first, second, third, John Revelations, again, he sees Jesus differently than everybody else. In fact, he has insight that the other disciples and apostles did not have. He was there to see things that the others did not see. But it wasn't just the events he was there to see. He actually saw Jesus through a different light. Is that okay? And so the scope and the lens through which John is seeing Jesus, the scope and the lens through which John is seeing all these things so differently is simply through the scope of love. And there's something so powerful when you begin to see life and you begin to see God through the eyes of love. When you begin to see different people and you begin to see yourself through the eyes of love. Because John didn't always see life this way. In fact, he was, he was one of the younger, maybe the youngest of the, of the, of the uh, 12. And he was there and he was kind of a hothead to begin with. There's this one point when, when they go somewhere and, and, and they reject Jesus and him and James are like, hey, do you want us to call down fire from the sky? Jesus is like, you don't even know what spirit you're like. You don't even know what you're talking about, dude. You know, like he, he was a hothead. He, he, he just, he wanted action in the moment. And again, he had this understanding. He had this Old Testament rabbinical Jewish understanding. And he had read the story of Elijah when Elijah had, had called down fire from heaven and, and fire consumed the sacrifice. And he had that understanding of who God was. So he's like, you want us to just call down fire? 
let God burn up all these people. Unfortunately, there's still people that think that way today. Like, man, if God would just call down fire on that place and on those people, we'd be all right. He says, you don't even know what spirit you're of. And then he comes and he asks for a place of privilege in the kingdom of God. So he's, he's viewing God through this Old Testament different scope. He's not looking through the eyes of love. He's not looking through the eyes of grace. He's not looking through the eyes of mercy. But something begins to happen as he begins to spend more and more time with Jesus. Something begins to happen as he begins. God, I hate the fact that my voice sounds like this right now. It's killing me. Something begins to happen as he gets to know Jesus more and more. As he comes in to a closer relational proximity to Jesus, something begins to change within him and, and his viewpoint of how things should really be. As he comes in and becomes more intimate with Jesus and spends more time with Jesus and listens more to the words of Jesus and he sees what Jesus does, something begins to transform within him. And so the proximity by which we, we, we're relational to Jesus, in fact, does have a lot to do with our revelation of Jesus. Because the closer you get, the brighter the light becomes. And he's talking about light. He mentions this seven times and he says, it's true light. He is true light. And there's a lot of things in this world that have a form of light. There's a lot of things in this world that kind of draw us and attract us. Because we think it's this form of light that can somehow bring fulfillment into our lives. And it's just this thing that we're like, man, that, that does look kind of good. That does look kind of appealing. So I'm going to draw towards that. But there is actually only one true light. And the closer we get to it, the closer we get to Jesus, as our intimate proximity grows, the greater the revelation of who he is to us. And so we're standing on the outside and, and we see him, a lot of people see him in that context of the Old Testament that, yeah, he's the God <clears throat> who created the universe. He's the God who, who, who made the cosmos and all that, and that's great. But there is no personal relationship there. I know there's a God, I believe there's a God, I, you know, maybe every once in a while when I'm in real, like, desperate times, I'll pray to him, not really sure if he hears me or not, but it's just, just in case, you know, he's out there, I know he is, so I'm just going to throw one up, hopefully somebody catches that Hail Mary, because I need a touchdown in my life, but there is this, no, no, there isn't this close proximity to Jesus, and so John, he begins to have this transformation in his life and he gets closer and he gets closer to Jesus and he becomes relational and intimate with him and not in a weird way but in a beautiful brotherly love in fact there's one point where it says that they're all sitting around and John was the only one who laid his head on Jesus he he rested on him he said you know what this is my friend this is my buddy I'm comfortable enough with him are you comfortable enough with Jesus to rest your head on him are you comfortable enough to Jesus to be able to rest in him and let him know what's actually going on in your life and what's actually bothering you? Are you close enough to Jesus to think that he actually cares about what's bothering you? Because he does. 
And it's funny, I said earlier that John never once refers to himself as John in his gospel. Other three gospels, John, John, John. He was, he was, pretty, he was pretty bold. I think he was bold to call himself the, G, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Four times. Not once. Four times. Like, who are you talking about, the disciple who Jesus loved? Imagine if one of us came up here and, yeah, we're the, we're the, we're the guys that Jesus loves. I should introduce you like that on Sunday. This is a pastor who Jesus loves. He does. He does. But uh, that'd, be pretty, that'd be pretty bold of us to, to start using that title. But we believe it. And John believed it so much that he wrote it down four times in his gospel. The disciple Jesus loved. The disciple Jesus loved. Because he had this, this proximity to Jesus. And the closer he came, the more Jesus revealed himself to him. And not only that, not only does Jesus reveal himself to us to show us really who he is, he begins to reveal to us who he sees us as as well. Because a lot of times the difficulty is not accepting what Jesus did on the cross. A, a, a lot of times for us, it's, it's, it's understanding that Jesus accepts us for who we are. And so the revelation is not just that he's God and that he's a personal savior and I can have a relationship, but the revelation is that you begin to see you through the eyes of Jesus. And then you begin to see others through the eyes of Jesus as well. Right? So John had this complex. He saw himself one way. He asked for a place of pri privilege. Dear Lord. Every time, there's some of these microphones do not like me, I promise. He sees himself. He asks for a place of privilege. He sees others. He wants to burn them up. And he sees God as this Old Testament angry God. But as he gets to know him through the person of Jesus Christ, and he begins to see the humility, and yes, the power that is there, but the love that drives that power, something begins to change in him. And John is there when nobody else is there. In fact, we have an understanding that when Jesus went to, the, to Calvary, that John was the only one who stuck around when everybody else ran away. When all the other disciples scattered because they were afraid, John stayed. In fact, Jesus looks down at John before he dies on the cross, and he gives him charge over his own mother. Why? Because Jesus could trust him. Because they knew each other well. Because they were friends. Because they had a close proximity to people. They had a, a close proximity to each other. Now, I'll tell you this. I, I love everybody here, and, and, and we love you guys. You know, but depending on how relational our, you know, how, how close we are is depending on how things go with us. I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to drop my kids off at anybody's house, right? I'm not just going to entrust anybody with the lives of, of, of my future, right, of my children. I got to know you, and I got to know you well, and, and there's got to be some trust there, right? And it's the same thing with God. I mean, he, he loves us, and he gives us blessings and all that, but the closer in proximity we are, the greater the revelation and the greater the blessing we encounter in our lives. And I'm trying to get through this, I promise. Praise God. Somebody's, somebody's getting directions out of here already. I'm pretty sure that was a GPS. 
They're like, quickest way to the door. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm end quick. I'm going to end quick. I won't take too long tonight. That is, that is my cue to wrap it up. <laughs> and so there's this, there's this aspect about relationship and about light. And in fact, there's this, uh, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit theological on you, but I'm, I'm going I'm to explain it, I promise. There's this an analogy that I like uh, within, within theology, and we talk about the righteousness of God, and, and, and we talk about the, the impartation of righteousness, and then we talk about the imputation of righteousness. And again, I'm going to explain what that means. The best way that, that I like to, I don't know if everybody likes this analogy, but I love it. It's, it's a light analogy that, that the impartation of, right, or, of, yeah, of righteousness is, is, is the justification when we're taken out of darkness and brought into God's marvelous light. Amen. And we're all thankful for that, that we were all taken out of darkness and brought into God's marvelous light. That now we can see we were once blind. Now we can see we were lost. But now we're anybody with me. Amen. Amen. And then you have the imputation of God's righteousness, or you have the sanctification, and you have now the light of God being put into you and revealing the things within you that he needs to deal with. And I think a lot of people have, have a, a misunderstanding that this is now kind of our responsibility, but the, the work from justification to glorification is all the Holy Spirit. It's not us. Only God can do that in our lives. Only God can, can, can justify us and, and, and renew us and sanctify us. And ultimately, only God will bring glorification in our lives. Amen? It's all the work of the Holy Spirit. It's all his love. But again, as, as this begins to happen within us, we begin to see life through a different scope. And I love, I, I was talking to, to, to Brother Rob the other day, and we were talking about, uh, you know, his, his job and, and things. And I apologize. I know I didn't let you know that I was going to talk about this, but... But we we're talking about, he's like, man, the stuff that I used to, you know, listen to and watch and stuff, I just, I don't even have that desire anymore. I don't even want that anymore. I just, I want to, I want to know about Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus. And I love that him and, and brother Victor, I don't know if Victor's here, but they go and, and they sit at a coffee house and they'll just talk about Jesus and people around them will listen. And it's what happens within us when we get closer and closer to Jesus. Something transforms within us and something changes within us. To allow us to begin to see life and the world and ourselves and even God himself through a different scope. <clears throat> wow, help me Lord. And so as we get closer to him, and it is something that I felt the Lord put on my life years ago as I, as I as I first came to, to start to know the Lord, I was, I was 14 years old, and I was just, somebody brought us to church. I, I had grown up in church, but, you know, nothing really, I, we weren't fully dedicated. I just, we had an understanding, and came to church, and, and just something clicked. God began to work in, in, in my life, and, and really the first thing he did was he said, I, I, I want you to know me. I don't want you to, to have to worry about all this other stuff. You can, you know, we, we like to study and read and all this other stuff, and it's great. We ought to do that. I love it. Love theology, apologetics, all that. Study it constantly. He said, I, I, want you, I want you to know me for yourself. And I want you to be able to see yourself the way I see you. 
because I want to give you a new identity. And I can't do that if you don't see that within yourself as well, and only I can show you that. So he impressed upon my heart to have this relationship, and I promise you at, at 14 years old, I would, I would go into my room, and, and, and you know, I didn't have kids or anything then, so I had time, but I would go into my room, and I'd shut my door, and I'd blast music, gospel music or whatever. My, my wife introduced me to gospel music when we were young, and, and so I'd blast some, you know, Donnie McClurkin or somebody and, and just get into prayer, and I'd literally be in my room for four, five, six hours. I don't even know. I don't even, I, I don't even know how I used to pray that long now, but, but I, I used to do it, and, and I'm not boasting. I, what I'm saying is I just, there was this desire in me to know God. And just sitting at the feet of Jesus for hours on end, even if I didn't say anything, but just being in his presence and getting closer to him and hearing him speak to me and getting into his word and knowing what his will is for my life and what his will is for, 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 for those around me and, and just, just getting in close with him. He, he impressed it in my heart. I don't want you to do anything else but know me. Spend time with me. Talk to me. I want to tell you things. I want to show you things. I want to do things through your life that you never thought were ever possible. Has anybody here ever had one of those moments when you're just talking to somebody and these words come out of your mouth? And I'm, I'm not like powerful, anointed words. You're like, I don't even know where that came from. Like, I have no idea how that happened. My thought process doesn't even work that way. But somehow I spoke some powerful words and it was Jesus. Like, it was totally the Holy Spirit working through me. And, and I've said this before, when I, was, when I was a kid, and I could not speak in front of people. I, in fact, I even had sort of a stutter when I was a kid, and, and I just, I could not get up in front of people. It was my worst fear ever, and it wasn't really practiced to help me. It was just, it was the Holy Spirit working in my life and saying, you know what, I'm going to do things through you that you never thought you could do. I'm going to do things through you that for you are completely impossible. But for me, it's not even a problem. And, and that's what he, he wants us to come in and he wants to show us. And it's that true light that begins to shine more and more. And the deeper you get and the closer you get, the brighter the light becomes. Not just the external, but the internal, the imputation of righteousness, the brighter that light becomes and he begins to shine things within you and it's not to embarrass you and it's not to make you feel bad, but it's to bring you to a repentance and it's to help heal the things that we have tried to hide away in darkness. Saying, I have something better for you. I have something greater for you. And I need to show you what's going on within you so that I can heal you and work through you, and then I can use you and your testimony to heal others who are going through the same thing. As we come into closer relational proximity, the brighter that light becomes, and you'll begin to see things that you've never seen before. And you know what, John, at near the end of his life, near the end of his life, he's, he's, on, he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's in exile. He's in exile, and, and he's standing there, and, 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 and we think, when you think book of revelations, you think like the dragon and the beast and the horsemen and all the scary, crazy things that we don't even want to talk about. But that the purpose of the book of revelations was not to scare us. In fact, it's called the revelation of John, but it's really, it should be called the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Because the greatest, most powerful thing happens in just the very first chapter of that book. Actually, we're going to read it. Let's go to, let's go to Revelation chapter 1. He says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Tiatra and to Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. John was the only one out of the 12 who saw Jesus this way. And in fact, John was the only one out of the 12 who saw Jesus' broken body on the cross as well. Jesus showed him all the different aspects of who he was because he was in close proximity to him relationally. He allowed himself to be intimate with Jesus Christ. And Jesus showed him things that he did not show anyone else not because it's favoritism and not because he was any of that, but because he allowed himself to be shown who Jesus really is. And because he allowed himself to be shown who Jesus really is, he allowed Jesus to show him himself through his eyes. And he allowed Jesus to show him the world through the eyes and the scope of love as well. And so John, in fact, didn't die on Patmos. He left that island. He died of old age. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the Epistles, and he wrote the Book of Revelations. In fact, the oldest manuscript that we have, the oldest manuscript that they have found of Scripture is a portion of the Gospel of John. And it was found in Egypt, and it dates to a, between 100 and 150 A.D., the Gospel of John was already circulating while John was still alive. And the things that John himself had seen, he could himself corroborate to other people and say, you know what? I was there. I walked and I talked with Jesus. I laid my head on him and I rested on him. I was in close proximity. I was there. I saw it. And he transformed my life forever it was John who saw Jesus lifted up the light of the world the light that would shine through all the darkness the light that would overcome the darkness of hell and of disease and, and of Satan himself he is the true light and the closer you come into proximity with Jesus Christ the brighter the light will become in your life and you'll not only see God for who he really is but you'll see yourself through the eyes and the scope of love. And then depression will have no hold on you. You see, because when your identity lies in Jesus Christ, there is nothing the enemy can tell you that will defeat you. When your identity lies in Jesus Christ and not 
in what this world says you are. When you can look up and see the light that is shining, the light that was lifted up to break all the darkness, and you're identifying him, and he says that he gave them power, them who believed, to become children of God. I want to show you something in 1 John. We're going to go to 1 John. This is his epistle. This is about 60 years afterwards. See what kind of love the Father has given to us? That we should be called the children of God. Does this sound familiar? And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. He wrote it again just to remind us. It's that love that shows you who you really are. He gave you and I the power to become children of God. And the closer you come, the closer you get to him, the more relational you are with him, the more you allow him to show you, the more you will begin to see life through the scope of love. And now anger and depression and hatred and all the things that this world tries to feed us and put in us will no longer have power over our lives. But we can walk with the confidence and sureness to say, I am a child of God. Come what may, come hell or high water. The old saying, come hell or high water. I'm gonna stand with Jesus. I'm not going anywhere because I'm close enough to know that whatever happens, I am his friend. He calls me his friend and I'm able to rest in him. And I'm able to see not darkness, but light. I don't have to have fear anymore of the unknown. I don't have to have fear anymore of, 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 of what everybody else has fear of, of all the, the, the chaos of this world. And, and you just watch the news and it's thing after thing and story after story and all this stuff. And it's just, it's there to put fear in our hearts. But perfect love casts out all fear. As you look through the scope of love, you can look at everybody else. You can even look at those who have hurt you in the past. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. You don't need to call down fire, Lord. Don't burn them up. Let your spirit fall on them. Lift them up. Let's stand. I apologize for my voice. I'm going to say this, and, and, and I'm, I'm really talking to the church family when I say this. And if you're new here, I don't, I don't want you to take any offense to this. It is not enough just to come to church and hear a message. He wants to have a relationship with you. We say this all the time. This is not a religion. This is a relationship. This is not a list of rules. Christianity is not a list of what you can and cannot do. This is not a don't go here, don't do that, don't say that, don't watch that. That's, that's not what this is. This is a love thing. <laughs> it's much, much more than what so many make it out to be. This is so much more powerful and so much more deep. And he is calling you into a powerful relationship with him. 
He wants you to know him. And he wants you to be able to see you through his eyes so that you can walk through life victorious in the confidence that you are a child of God. Let's pray. I just want to pray. And we can do whatever we're going to do after, but I just want to pray real quick. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if God's speaking to somebody. I don't know if this word's for somebody, but I believe he's, he's, he's calling somebody into something deeper tonight. It's not just about the to-do. It's about who he wants you to be. He sees you in a way that you have never seen yourself. And he is telling somebody tonight, I want to show you things you've never seen. I want to take you places you've never been. I want to use you to, to do things that you thought were never possible. I want you to know me. In fact, I titled this, He'll Leave the Light On For You. Anybody remembers that from the commercials? He'll leave the light on for you. Any time of the day, no matter where you are, no matter how far you think you are, that light will shine through anything and go anywhere. And wherever you find yourself, whatever situation or circumstance, He will leave the light on for you. He'll leave it on so you can find your way to Him. He'll leave it on so that you're never without Him. He'll leave the light on for you. Father, we love you tonight and we thank you. I know you're calling somebody here to relationship. I know you're calling somebody here to intimacy with you, Lord. You're calling somebody deeper. You're trying to show us something greater, Lord. I pray that somebody would respond to the call or maybe come back to that call or maybe they have stepped away from it, Lord. I pray, Lord, that tonight somebody would see that light that is shining. Wherever they are, whatever they are facing, however great the darkness they might think it may be, Lord, that they would see the light shining through it all, saying, would you come? Would you come to me? Would you come know me? I want to show you things. I want to change your perspective on life. I want, to, I want you to see it through the scope of love. I want you to see life in a new light. Would you come tonight? Would you come? Would you come? In Jesus' name. For more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. God bless you.